She was a never really hit at dancing. All the road to All right. What a what a two what a week to take off. Maybe we should take weeks off more often if we get two games like that. That was uh I I cannot think of it's hard to remember two more satisfying weeks in a row of Texas Tech football uh, than those two. And I didn't even say Will is here, Hunter is here. And yeah, y'all know the deal. But yes, very satisfying weeks of football. And and like two could not be two more polar opposite games that you played in back to back weeks. Yeah, I didn't really think about that until I heard Level say that on one of his podcasts. But it's like you win a game. <laughs> you win a game. Four, 14 to what is it, 10? 10. 14 10. 14 10. And then you win a game 51 48. And like that's I would really like to know. I don't want to. I don't want to know enough to actually do the research, but I'd like to see another team do that in back-to-back weeks. Because yeah, I was thinking, I, I, would you say that Iowa State was our worst offensive game of the year? <sighs> NC State. NC State was worse. Okay, it's close. It is close. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's crazy to think that you, someone could maybe make a, a decent argument that you won your worst offensive game of the year and your worst defensive game of the year. Yeah, which is just crazy. it's hard to. It's yes, it is your worst offensive game, but I, I feel like that's not providing the weather context. So I don't know if the weather context, if you're just like saying statistically, yeah, that's your worst offense. You basically had two drives the entire game. Um, but yeah, that's a good point. You, yeah, you, how, and that's another question. And I think you put this in your, in your thoughts. How many times have you won a game where one side of the ball had their worst game of the season? Yeah, and then you do it maybe in back-to-back weeks. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I guess you could say any clip win was the worst the defense had played that season, but I don't know. Not true. Not true. <laughs> we lost so many, we lost so many games where we gave up 60, 70 points. Oh, I know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I guess any and loss would have been. And Saturday good. against OU, that felt like not maybe not a cliff game, but just kind of a vintage air raid, just old-school tech game where, you know, oh, yeah. Mainly in the second half, but like they would score and I would feel nothing. I'd be like, okay, we're, let's, we, we got to go score. You know yes. what I mean? It's, we're going to score anyway. So let's, that's fine. Okay. Yeah. We'll give up seven. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, yeah. it, that's how it used to kind of felt, you know, watching. You just, wanted, you just, wanted, you just wanted the ball back. You're just like, okay, just yeah. give me the ball back yes. faster. I just want yeah. the ball back. Yeah. Like when, when yeah. we threw that interception, uh, you know, with five minutes left, I was like, okay, perfect. Because yeah. now they can't use like any of the clock, yeah. you know, and we'll get the ball back and just go score. Yes, I thought the same thing. I was like, okay, so if we can hold them to a field goal, we might could score, like, depending on how many first downs they get, we're going to have enough time to score and win. Like, I was like, this might be best case scenario. And, yeah. and Venables, like 2012 game. the last five minutes, I, I don't think he did his guys any favors. So I thought he should have gone for it on fourth and two, a short two, when yeah. they kicked their field goal to make it to go up by three. I guess, what was that, 48-45? Because there's like four minutes left, you know, odds are you can probably get another possession if you don't get it, just yeah. the way that we were running offense so up-tempo. But yeah. if you if you get that, you're going to knock off a lot of time and, may, and probably score a touchdown. Yeah. I just, man, that was, you know, and you could have missed that field goal. I thought that was dumb. And then when we have the ball fourth and one with 30 seconds left, you know, we're going to attempt a field goal on that drive. Um, he should have called a timeout. Yeah. Right then, instead yeah. he let yeah. us run it all the way down to eight seconds. I mean, I, I don't know what he was thinking in saving the thirty seconds because it it really kind of s- saved us big time because it yes. you know we kicked that field goal, then they've got thirty seconds and like two timeouts or three timeouts. 
I mean, that, they have a decent chance of getting into field goal range to at least attempt a game winner. I mean, he Especially just, I don't know what he was thinking in those yeah. last five minutes. I would say he was thinking like a defensive coordinator. Yes. Like, as dumb as that may be, I think that's that's kind of what a defensive coordinator yeah. would do. They, I think they have a tendency to be more conservative. Yeah. How, how many times over the last, like, five years do you think if Venables wanted to be our head coach, he could have been our head coach? Oh, good and how glad are you? How glad are you that he's not right now? <laughs> yes. Very glad. Because spe- speaking of that, you know, from from the other side of that, that game, I think there is a lot of questions being asked by a lot of people in Mormon as far as, like, where, no, no, where is this program going and what even is this program? What am I? Somebody sent in a text to me that said this will be a good FIP question. Are y'all jealous of any other coaching staff in the Big 12? For the first time in forever, I'm really not. I'm good with who we got. Leipold at Kansas is intriguing to me, though. And I, I thought that was a good question. Like, it really, I mean, there's been times where it's like I would take six different coaches over, over or six different. Yeah. You know, because when I'm thinking of coaches, I'm thinking of the play callers, too. Yeah. You know, I would take six different scenarios or situations that Big 12 schools ever what we got. And I just, I don't know if I'm taking any any of them. No, Leipold is a good one. Um, but even then, it's not that, Leipold's not Leipold and Kleiman aren't necessarily great fits. No, I, no, no. I, I, I'm not here. Yeah, no. because I think it's I think it's an interesting conversation. Like, would you take Campbell in that defense? Because because then would you just would you say being in uh, Texas, we could find it, we could find offensive skill, maybe. But Maybe. I mean, I'm, just, I'm trying to just make arguments for the other. No, it, I think that's a good one. I think people will kind of scoff at it, but it is a good one. That is a fair one. And like, you know, every day of the last seven years, we would have taken Campbell over ours. And so suddenly just because of one season, we're not, you know, that that's maybe a little recency bias there, but I, I do. I mean, I, I think it's interesting that I really don't think I would trade any one situation for what we have. The only other situation, and and we probably don't not all of all makes all of us cringe is probably the one in Fort Worth, but that would be yeah. the only other one. Yeah, I mean, yeah. good point. Yeah, that's fair. And you could have, and you could have, uh, just being honest, you could have had that one said if you really wanted it. Really, I don't know. I think he might have probably prefer TC over Tech. Yeah, everything that I kind of heard, and it was all just hearsay and rumor, but it was like he almost he like he almost dislikes Lubbock. Like it's not like a. It's not a. Oh, I know that. I know that is the case now. That is not. That's not just a. That is a fact. Okay, that's what I. I didn't. I yeah. didn't know for sure. So, but like, it. Okay, yeah. I, so maybe in a couple of years ago. But what? But what's interesting about that question to me is, McGuire fits. And you mentioned fit. Like that's he's the coach I want at Texas Tech because we're Texas Tech. If that makes sense. Like I think he fits Texas Tech. I think I think it's a perfect he, fit. He, he, he appeals to, to every he yeah. appeals to every possible segment that you could think of. He's a super aggressive. You know what I mean? He's yeah. he's got kind of a an all shucks type thing to him as well. That kind of like is reminiscent of of Spike. Yeah, uh, it, and he's just a Texas guy. I mean, he he really is. Yeah, but he's also you know in the locker room afterward like. Put on some damn music, you know. Yeah. Like, I feel like that that fits <laughs> Texas Tech too. Well, you know what it is? It's 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 like the old it's the old high school coach, yeah, vibe, you know. But but also, you know, I think, I, but I agree with you guys. By the way, I, I think that he's the best fit out of everybody in the conference as far as for culturally what you're trying to do long term. He clearly wants to be here. Yeah. Um, I think there's there's a lot of unison and commitment between him and everybody that there needs to be 
within or outside the athletic department. So to be honest, I, I wouldn't take that situation right now. Yeah, I don't think I would either. Um, yeah, I mean, because the thing is, too, let's say you bring in Lipol or you bring in you know, or Climate or whoever. Are we getting the south end zone done as quick as we did? Are we get oh. the Madmore Club, the NIL stuff set up like we did? I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. And I think that's no. really important to what we've done here. That's a really good question. Um, but, and I think Iowa State, and honestly, this, this connects to, to what we've been talking about. I'm not sure another coach in the Big 12 wins a game scoring 14 and then 51. Like, I don't think, I don't, Lyman is the only I think it's one. Fair. The only one because Kansas State can score some points, I think. You know, I think they could, they could hold their own in a shootout. Um, and they could also hold their own in an Iowa State. I mean, they've kind of done it this year. But I don't think there's a ton of coaches that could win both styles, motivate both styles, play in the environment and win in the environment in Iowa State. I don't know. I think, I think that's, a, that's an interesting thought as well. To, to me, it's the most refreshing thing by far out of this season because, I mean, I know we're going to give it uh, games plus big picture stuff a lot too. But, I mean, the most refreshing thing and, like, immediately after that game, I just can't remember a more satisfying ending to a season where I was just like, damn, they got every like ounce of juice out of that, mm-hmm. out of that squeeze. You know what I mean? Like you got everything you could have gotten out of that season. Yeah. And I mean, I, I literally can't remember a more satisfying end to a season. It seems like there was always something weird or it was pro- probably uh, 07 when you beat OU at home to end the season. OU in the oh, season. Because yeah. in 08, you have the get beat by OU and then the really, really terrible Baylor game. And then in 09, you got the leech fiasco with the and, and then even before the 09, you know, before the leech fiasco, there was like that God Squad Baylor game that was kind of a, a bad ending to that one. When he forgot uh, about that. So I really think it probably you're right. Probably 07 is the last time you ended a season with that kind of feel. Yeah. And I mean, last year a little bit, but it's like you lost three out of your last four or whatever it was, you know, you just, you just felt better, you know, like, uh, but yeah, that, that, that's, that's a good point. I, I just, the Iowa state thing, there's a couple of things, just, it's kind of, we didn't talk about it. So there's just a couple of things I want to hit on with Iowa state and then we can move on to Oklahoma. But the, the thing that I, like, I, I posted this on the site. It was one of, like, it's kind of what I love about football and y'all get to experience it game days because you have I have your phone numbers, but it's like I complain constantly. I hate everything during a football game, and but that's like that's kind of how I enjoy it. <laughs> you know, like that was one of the most satisfying football experiences because, and we had talked about it. This game is gonna be be within a score. You, it's just who's gonna win it, basically. Who's gonna do just enough to win? And so you can complain, you complain, you complain, and then you still get like. The incredible feeling of holy crap, we just did that. We were the ones who made a play, and again, I just it, it feels good to have a staff that can adapt. Because Will, you said it in several games this year. Any tech team is down, you know, twenty-one nothing at this point, or you know, they're like, oh, you, they're down thirty-five-seven and a half. You know, like it, you can just feel yep. it's different now. Yeah, there was just no. There was just no any point of panic or give up or 
um, the, like the bottom falling out. That didn't happen in a single game. Even in that Baylor oh. game where, you know, that was by far – that was the worst game you played all year, don't get me wrong. The bot, just like the bottom never fell out, though. Like you still – until late, late, late in that game where it, it just kind of unraveled on you a little bit, you, you just – you were in every game and you were just so – you know, and I, I saw a lot of other media or fans talk about playing us was so annoying this year because you, you just wouldn't give in. You just, yeah. you just wouldn't say uncle at any point. And it was just so satisfying to see where you, like, just outgridded a Matt Campbell football team. They have never seen a tech team do that. And then last week, was, I mean, you just straight up outcoached OU, and then you just outmotivated them to a win. I can't ever remember the last time that happened with OU, ever. No. No. I can't either. But, yeah, I, I think the outgridding – because that was, I think we talked about it on the podcast. That's what was so annoying to me about all the Iowa State, the guys who cover Iowa State, is they just chalked the weather up into a win, into the wind column for them. It was like, well, they're going to have to overcome the weather. Like, we'll be ready. No. Like, the, I mean, anybody who was at the game has even, I've seen Iowa State, people who cover the, the, Iowa, the Iowa State team, they said tech handled this better than we did. I mean, and that's, again, we're not used to that, that kind of stuff. And it was almost like, so Miles Price fumbles that first, you know, the first drive. And, you know, We've seen that story before, yeah. right? I'm freaking out. I know they're about, you know, next play touchdown, whatever it is. And like you said, Will, it, it was just part of the plan. Like, all right, we're going to stop here. And, you know, they missed the field goal. You know, and it was just basically like it never happened. You know, and, and that's, it's and, just, yeah, it's just good to see that, like, one mistake or one play going the wrong way or one bounce of the ball going the wrong way or a call going the wrong way doesn't derail everything. Because even in the even in the OU game, you score, miss the extra point, you know, you're down 17-6, you get a stop. All right, here we go. Then you have to punt. And they score on the first play. You decide not to cover Marvin Mims. Now it's 24-6. Like that, that's another one. And then they don't score again in the first half. You know, like that's that's it's just wild that we've watched enough tech football to know how that typically goes. And, and I, we've really watched like defying our expectations. We we watched us play. I I cannot remember the I think we talked about this before and during the game. I can't remember the last time that we were super competitive against OU, other than that 2013 game in Norman was pretty close the whole whole time. But I mean, before that when you won in 2011. You just don't compete whenever you play them. They just they just kind of bash your skull in every time you play them for whatever reason. Um, and it just felt like that was what was coming. It's down 17-0. You fumbled on a trick play out of the gate after a big momentum kickoff return. And then it was like you just sapped the energy out of me and I think all of us that were on the same group text. We were like, all right, here we go. It was yes. 17-0. And I was like, all right, here comes the skull bashing. Here it comes. And then they just, they just didn't panic. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I said I said a lot of things that I'm glad I didn't post on the internet. But I I was mad we can't handle success. I believe I was saying things like that. Like, what are we doing running this trick play? This is this is so typical. I'm I'm also I think my my most egregious thing of the night was the why do we even play this game? In August, mark it up as an L. 
It's no use in, in, you know, risking injury to either side. We know we can't beat Oklahoma. Don't even play the game. I believe was, <laughs> was my consensus after the first quarter. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it's very satisfying. Here's one thing I thought about, not to be negative. I tell you the beginning of the year, Tech beats Oklahoma and Texas. What do you think the record, our record is? Nine and three, probably being honest, is probably what I thought we would have gone. That's that's my own. I don't even. I wouldn't even call it a qualm, but that's my only kind of like what could have been. <laughs> I'd probably have it at eight and four, seven and five is okay. So that yeah, yeah. I mean, because we still have these road games that you you know, you have a chance of losing, independent of what how you play against. UT or OU. I mean, I know that is kind of a sign that you're uh, that you're good if you beat both of them in, in a year. But it it really wasn't this year, <laughs> to be honest. But yeah, um, we didn't know that before the season. So I hear what you're saying. But that's I would probably have our win total at uh, like eight and a half or eight if you if yeah. you told me those two things. Yeah, yeah. Because I guess I guess you're right. You're still you're still looking at Oklahoma State on the road, Iowa State on the road, Kansas State, NC State, NC State, so, and yeah. U of H at home. Yeah, like that wasn't a gimme. Yeah, yeah, definitely turned out <laughs> turned out not to be. I also didn't realize three and zero in overtime games this year, which is uh, also interesting to me. Got the ball, got won the toss all three. Well, you didn't win the toss. No, no. Well, God, you're right. Jeez. <laughs> no, Dana no, our good, our good friend Dana. Dana, <laughs> what an idiot! I wonder if like. He, he the sample size that he used like did we did our detect season does he now like have to re reconfigure that because I mean that's, true. that's three and zero right there get the ball true. last in overtime what an idiot oh, actually man. so really we played four overtime periods and that's got right. the ball last in all four yeah. I bet that's right I bet that's never happened in the history of college football that it would be yeah it's there's no way there, that never happened yeah thank you Dana. <laughs> What an idiot! Yes, um, I'm trying to think. It's so nice when, when, like, to other these other schools are doing these brain dead things. You know, like, yeah. I, I guess right against Iowa State, we did a brain dead thing when we didn't deal the ball out. But like other other oh, than that, yeah. like I just there are no other times where like we just didn't do any of those brain dead things, and like I feel like other teams are still doing them. And <laughs> so we're and, yeah. And to me, this goes back to we we have a plan and we follow it. Like it's not it's not it's not up to McGuire's gut or it's not up to Grant. It's just here's our plan. Here's what we do. We do this. And I think he I, I think he went against the book, his quote unquote book, a couple times against uh, OU. I did. I did too. Okay, I, see, did I was wondering this in the, the second half team. we punted. Yeah. On maybe like a fourth and three or four around our 40. Yeah. I think it was like a 31 30, maybe it was, we got a fourth down stop right afterwards, but I, I, I bet the book said go for it on that one. You I bet the book said, I bet the book said to go for it when we kicked the game winning field goal. Yes. I mean, not I the game winning, the game, the game tying one, the game tying field goal. And, I w- and I'll say this, I would have, if OU would have called a timeout right there, I would have probably wanted it. to go for it. Yeah, go for it. I would have wanted that to was, gone for it. I know I told y'all I was I mean, I mean, looking back on it, I mean it was it turned out to be the right call, but I mean, for me, I I that was a fourth and super short. To me, that should have been a no-brainer. Like 
my, and my thinking was like, I'm playing OU at home. I have all the momentum. Like, I'm going for this, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna win this freaking game. Is my, is my thought process there? My, but, mine is you, know. you can, you kick that field goal with 30 seconds left. Let's say they call a timeout, like they should have done. You know, number one, you can miss the field goal, and you lose. You can still make the field goal and lose. Like there is a very decent chance that they get into field goal range with 30 seconds left, and yeah. so like. Things have to go. Things can go right, and you still lose the game, and like that skews it big time. Like I really think the right call was going for it. If they would not have, you know, if and but they ran the clock all the way down to eight seconds. So then it was, it was okay. You know, it was it was probably the right decision at eight. Obviously, the right decision at eight seconds. But yeah, yeah, I think he was kind of mixing it up a little bit on Saturday. I, I, I do. I would be. I'd be interested to know just because he hasn't. So I would wonder why he decided to against OU, especially since like that time in the second quarter, we, we needed to score. <laughs> I, you know, I thought I would have thought, yeah. And, 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 yeah. They have a, I mean, another Venable, like they have fourth and uh, like two inches. It was the the play where Muddy Waters was unblocked and he kind of just mm-hmm. roped the, the mesh point and tackled Gabriel when he pulled it. Huge play. I mean, yeah. fourth and inches, like all they have to do is quarterback sneak. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you I don't know. You know what else I saw a bunch during the year? There are times in, in the OU game, they there's been times when they ran Eric Gray as the uh, as like a Wildcat quarterback. And I know a bunch of OU people this week were like, why did we not just give him the ball directly on any of those four downs? Yeah. They did it a was lot an amazing game. Tyler Shuck played out of his mind. He really did. I mean, there were yeah. so many throws that he made, so many plays with his legs. Um that were just incredible. I mean, that was, that was one of the best quarterback games that I've seen in a, I mean, it's been years to be honest, since I've seen a game played that at, at since I've seen a quarterback played at that high of a level at tech, because we've had such a run of bad quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. I was it's just, not a crazy high bar, but it, but it was. Yeah. yeah I'm trying to probably the last time you probably had Shimanek in one of those games. He probably played pretty well in a game at some point in 2017. There was Bowman versus U of H. Bowman yeah. Bowman versus that's probably it. That's it. Oklahoma State. Oklahoma Bowman versus Oklahoma State was, was good, but but that's that one true. Saturday was better than those two and bigger yeah. stakes and yeah um, yeah yeah we can we can skip to a question that was just submitted from Cowtown Red Raider. Okay. Who do you think Shuck was talking? Because it's kind of, it's relevant. Who do you think Shuck was talking about on staff that was doubting him returning? Oh, I think it was probably medical staff or health staff. It was probably was like, you can't get, get out this early. I also think, I don't know, my opinion, I think that's just him being pretty juiced up after the game. It was. Just being a competitor. Yeah. It's, yeah. Which is great, which I love it. I, I don't, I think people were reading way too much into that. I loved it, man. I, I've seen people being, being critical of it and I, I don't understand that at all. Like if you're quarterback, honestly, I mean, if you're not a person who's kind of gone through what he's gone through at tech in general and as a college football player in general and just this season, like just the last 10 weeks, if and then for him to play these three games and go three and oh and play really well for the most part, I would say it was a weird one, but play really well in these three wins. If they don't feel the way he did after that game, like something they're they wouldn't be the kind of player that like yeah. has that performance. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like they're just they're, they're me in the stands, you know, some weak, <laughs> yes. some weak-minded person. He's yeah. like the, the guy who's not up there doing the – I mean, it was a Kirk Cousins-esque, you like that moment. Yeah. 
I mean, that, those are the guys that, that are playing sports at a high level. They, they have, they get slighted by things. Oh like yeah. Some, some little thing will slight them and they will yeah. let you know about it once they've proven you wrong. I mean, that's, I, I loved it. Yes, I did too. Uh, especially because we had heard about that show. We've heard it, but we like, I have never seen it. Like he's never seen that way in interviews. So it was almost kind of no. like, we finally saw the guy that everybody was talking about. That was the alpha that leads the mm-hmm. room. Like, that was the guy. And honestly, I think my feelings about him may have changed if I had seen that guy preseason, but I'd never seen that guy before. So I did my rewatch today. And speaking of Shuck and just how good he was. And I, I think this is another thing, Hunter, you mentioned in your, uh, your write up after the game, but good Lord. Like he can his his running ability, and it's not this whole like oh he's white you know like where's his lunch pail type of thing like it's it's surprising to see any quarterback move that well in my opinion like one that's not a running quarterback because the the um, the the move that he put on I wish I could remember who it was but like he put several moves on guys like you said like. And it was the same thing he did against Kansas. And it was the same thing he did against Iowa State where these weren't just like three-yard gains to six-yard gains. These were converting to their first down runs. And they were, if I don't put this move on this guy, we're not getting this first down. Or, you know, we're not extending this drive. Or we're not putting ourselves in a position to get the first. Like these were big-time runs where it wasn't open. He was having to make the play. And I'm, I just, I'm just impressed. Like I knew he could run. And he, I don't know. And even the, the, I think the throw to Lowick on that fourth and seven on the last drive, he makes that look easier than it actually is. Like that's, he's throwing back across his body. He's basically running at full speed to the right. He throws back to the left and puts it right on Lowick. I mean, some of those throws on the run to Nehemiah Martinez on the sideline. Yeah. They're just on a rope. The guys, he's not open. I mean, the only reason he's open is because Chuck has sprinted 20 yeah. yards to the sideline. I mean, yeah. and he makes us – what's interesting is it's like there's a, there was a narrative. It's like Barron is the best thrower on the run, and Donovan is the best short yardage runner. And then Chuck is just like the best quarterback, quarterback, I guess. Right. But I don't – I mean, Chuck is pretty good throwing on the run, and Chuck is, to me, without question, the best short yardage runner because he doesn't trip and fall. And yeah. he, he makes guys miss. I mean, he, he has so many – he had two – humongous third and three or less runs for a conversion. And then on the, when we kicked our field goal to end the game, I'm pretty sure he got that first down. He, or he, he, he broke two tackles to, he to get a five yard game. That was almost a first down. I mean, he, he's, I mean, he might be the best thrower on the run, the best short yardage runner. I mean, uh, it, it's like w- when you're watching that game on like a quick hitter highlight, like every play in 30 minutes, it's every single time you're like, what a play there. Oh, Chuck, did he under, it's like, did he intentionally underthrow that deep post to Loic? Yes, he did. Threw yeah. him open. <laughs> oh, he throws it right over the defense, right in stride to Bradley. Oh, yeah. like, I mean, it was just, oh, here's a speed option on third and two. He doesn't pitch it, strings it out, gets the first down. Wow. I mean, the it's, whole, it's that, incredible. that whole time I thought he was getting caught. The entire time. And he never did. Uh, you know what? You know what else is funny is that uh, the, the announcers on FS1, the first time that he broke one of those runs for a first yeah, down, like, oh. the guy said, "The guy said, oh, like he was yeah. like shocked that that shot could like break it open." Yeah, he played incredibly well. 
I mean, he's the reason he won the game. I don't know if any other quarterback is winning in the game. Maybe Barron. And I even thought, like, he would – and maybe this was just – and I guess I should say maybe this is a product of our receivers not being separators. But, I mean, I sent a text to, to y'all during the game, like, Shuck is throwing a pick six tonight. Like, he's leaving them, he's leaving them there. But it, he, he kind of has to, unless you're throwing to, like, some of our slots who can create some separation. Like, you know, our outside guys are usually pretty covered and you just got to put it on them. And it, and it burned them the one time. Um, but yeah, I mean, no, you, I don't think you could ask for a better quarterback performance. The, uh, yeah, the one, the fourth, the, on our last drive, he, Nehemiah Martinez tackled it. If, you know, if he doesn't tackle him, that's a first down. Yeah. But he, I don't think he was like, yeah. Nehemiah was blocking and like turned around and they like went, face mask to face mask and kind of brought each other down, which is not great. Uh, but yeah, at real time, I was for sure he got it, but he kind of just like collapsed. It was weird. Um, I do, Ben Golan asked, let just get this question out of the way. He asked me, on November 7th, you declared that Tyler Shuck is, quote, permanently broken. Can we have an update on that? <laughs> he asked this weekend, Ben Golan takes me and asks for a formal apology on Shuck's behalf. And I don't know if I'm going to go that far. Because the thing is, like, I saw what I saw. We all saw what we saw. Last year. Yep. And, and you were, I, I, let me interject. Because yeah. I think when you said that, there was like an injury aspect to that. that yes. you, you were saying. Okay. Yes. yes. It was, it was when he came in. I believe that was November 7th. Maybe not. I think it was when he came in. For uh, at TCU, TCU, it's like yeah, we saw it. He he was avoiding contact. He wasn't he wasn't like stepping into throws. Like he, he just it wasn't pretty. And so I just assumed this guy's afraid to get hurt. And once you reach that level, you're done. You can't play football afraid to get hurt. Um, yeah. So I guess he is not permanently broken. There's the update. Uh, very clearly not. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, he also asked you, Hunter, what's your favorite Red Raider sports feature and why is it the Friday Flare? Uh, I'm not a fan of it, to be honest. And, you know, well, like when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. Click on it. I'm reading it. This is a good piece. Reading through it. And then I get to like a section that's like, what is on Red Raider sports this past week? And I'm looking through. From here, it's potable. It's not on there. And I'm like, well, that's weird. No, no, from here it's spot. Well, I'm pretty sure we had one this week. Let me check. Like, yeah, yeah, we did have one this week. And then I'm looking and it's like, okay, actually, there's nothing affiliated with no FIP affiliated content linked here. It's almost like we don't exist. So I kind of, it really kind of rubbed me the wrong way. If I'm being, yeah. if I'm being honest. Yeah. Yeah. And my favorite, my favorite feature is probably uh, some of the, my favorite thing to do on the site is to wait until Ben or you have been the last person to comment in a pro sports thread, and then I'll pin it to the top. So it <laughs> gives the impression, it gives the impression that one of y'all did it. You know, yeah. it'll be like mad season long thing. And last, po last post by Taylor Beatles, Insta pin, pin it to the top. And then people are like, why is this pin? Beatles, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. my favorite feature. Okay. All right. And then he, he asked Will, Tell us a story from your days working for Red Raider Sports. Could be related to whatever. I imagine the Bronson Boyd stabbing was one was pretty wild. I still remember that as a subscriber. 
Also, who were some of your favorite and least favorite recruits to cover? Mm. See, what's funny about this question, um, give you some time to think, is I can remember like when me and Will's sister started dating, I'd go over to their house and I could hear Will in his Hummer interviewing recruits. Oh, dear God. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why it was so loud. I could hear it in the house, but like, like in my know, car. Yeah. Yeah. You would go out there because I guess the sound was better. And I was like, oh, that seems pretty cool. Yeah. I would literally, my, my trick was, and this is like, like day it now, back in the day, when I would do interviews with recruits, I would take my recorder and sit in my car and do it because the sound quality was so much better. <laughs> if it played over your car speaker, that this, I was just completely just, ghetto rigging this all together it's uh, probably hard to understand 17 year old high school football recruits if you're not getting good also true <laughs> also true also very true um favorite who's my favorite I, i'll tell you what actually my favorite player i ever covered was cameron bassett because he was one he would always answer the phone yeah. anytime he wanted, i want to talk to him he'd always answer the phone and two he just i mean he was a good dude yeah um, man, great player super under Super, probably the most underrated receiver of the last 10 years. That's weird. He was a dick to me at the wreck. So <laughs> that's because you picked him up full court, probably. Maybe. Took a charge. Um, the biggest dick him, was Kevin Madison. That dude was – and he's he's an assistant at, like, Kansas State now. Really? Wow. He really triggers me. Like, he <laughs> triggers me big time. <laughs> um there are so many recruits that would just not pick up the phone or you'd call them and they would just be like, dude, I have, have no like interest in talking to you about anything. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The The funniest one was uh, Devin Lauderdale. Cause I didn't realize I wrote, y'all remember whenever him and like a couple guys all visited, this is like 11 years ago and they got lost. And they got lost. Like, I, they got I, lost. I wrote that story and it got picked up by like ESPN and Yahoo. <laughs> And I was, and then those kids were so pissed at me after that because I made them all look like idiots. So they're just kind of made us all look like idiots. <laughs> ben, speaking of Ben, has had players reach out to him with hateful messages. Can that, we say that story? Can we say that? <laughs> we, I think we can. Probably we don't, don't have mention the, Probably we don't, don't have any listeners. Okay, I won't mention. All right, all right. I'll do it in a way. Don't mention the player that yeah. keeps. I mean, we, you could do it, and then I'm going to do it in a way. Him. Yeah, well, gonna, I can cut it. No, we're going to put it in. Okay. okay. All right. So Ben almost single-handedly ruined maybe this entire football season and maybe Texas Tech football just period. Um, there was a certain there's a certain player on this year's team. He is one of the best players in the country. Maybe he's probably one of the top 10 or 15 best players in the country. So I, that doesn't narrow it down. You know, you, I'll just leave him anonymous. But <laughs> when he came to Tech, he commits to Tech, and Ben writes an article um, that talks about him coming to Tech and the circumstances behind it, and he was a transfer, and he uh, walked on. And Ben put that in the article, and he messages Ben, and it's like, I mean, coming after him to yeah. the point of, like, if Ben saw this guy, he's probably ducking. Yeah. Because Ben is a scared. very recognizable person. Yeah, and he I always – Yeah. And he's basically, I mean, he quote, he pretty much said, I would, I may not come to tech because of this story. Yeah. If you yeah. don't take it down. And so Ben did take it down, but the damage was done. This guy, if there's a certain guy who's a rather large individual, I would say. 
that uh, Ben does not want to see in the streets oh, anytime soon. Ben he almost ruined. Up. He almost ruined this entire football season. He, ben just gets in people's business. It's nobody's business, but this player and the coaches, not Ben Golans. I can tell you that much. So yeah, Ben's got his own story. Uh, let's see. We'll we'll go. Some of these we're we might save for. We're going to do kind of like an end of the year recap. Um, so we'll save some of those for them. Though I do want to talk. There's this one by Diver TTU. Um, did Jay Bradley just need time to mature to have a game like that? Did he need a healthy shuck? Did it take the O-line being able to protect longer? Is he going to turn into a badass? Sincerely, one of your nine faithful listeners. Uh, I, that, to me, was a, a like shocking performance. Like We've seen flashes from Bradley, but like that was a, a, a really good game in a really high-stakes situation. Um, from a guy who would, would kind of – he was kind of in and out. Like, not only yeah. injured towards the end, but, like, he would disappear in games. Um, like, so I don't know if it was just – if it's nice playing OU's defense, if he did – if he figured something out. I don't know. I rewatched it today. I, I was I – I, the whole time I was wondering, where was this all year? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's kind of – but he did the same thing in the Liberty Bowl last year. Yeah. Where you're like, whoa, this is what people have been talking about with this kid. And he was a true freshman last year. And everybody's because I think I think a lot of hype got built up this last year based off that bowl performance. Everybody was like, okay, he's gonna be the dude. Like, here it comes. And then he was just super up and down. And I think what people it, it's hard for people not to remember that playing receiver is really, really hard in college football. Um, yeah. just like learning all the nuances and the technique and getting really good at that early on it usually takes you into your third year until you're a real until you're a good receiver now there are obviously exceptions you know Michael Crabtree obviously and then there's some other guys but it takes a couple years usually for most guys to really catch on and one catch on and two physically be ready to battle seasoned corners and seasoned defenders you're not a you're not a speedster like you're yes and that's the thing too you're not, yeah. I mean, I guess Dez is kind of a bad example because he's a physical freak, but it's like he's got to learn to use his body. He's not going to just get open based off shit. Yeah. Speed. And I, I think, I think I like Eric Ward. Eric Ward didn't really contribute as a receiver until his third year no. at all. Like he, he was kind of a no show. And even his third year was kind of up and down. It was really his redshirt junior year when he took off. And yeah. it was those two years, those 2012, 2013 years where he was a dude. And he yeah. just before that he was just kind of a you know kind of just what the guy on the roster. Yeah, I know what do you. I know you were worried about the receivers. What's your deal with Bradley? Uh, I think yeah, those things. Um, he's going to lead the team in receiving. I mean, yeah, uh, I know last Saturday's was is going to a big reason why, but it but it, he's a freshman with three years of eligibility left that's going to lead the team in receiving, and he's got um, you know if you were picking offensive uh, freshman of the year. In the Big 12, he's like probably will receive votes, you know, yeah. always second Good. to the Richard Reese at Baylor. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. it wasn't a bad season. And yeah. I, I think he's, uh, it's just part of it. I mean, I think it's just our offensive struggles as a whole. Our, we, we, we were not a very good offense for most of the year. Yeah. So it's hard to, so it was hard to play any position on the team. Right. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I'm excited about him. He, I, I wonder how fast he is. Uh, Cause I think that might, if he's not just, like super fast, it might kind of limit like his ceiling, but yeah, he's just gonna keep getting. He still kind of looks like a like a 
uh, like a baby deer. You know, I mean, he he's not the right. He's not the size that he's going to be eventually. He's going to be a big dude at some point. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, I I think about guys like Dylan Cantrell is a good example. Like he was he's not fast. Like there's a reason a couple of NFL teams tried to make him a tight end. Um, and then um, who who was the another white receiver? He plays for the Giants now. He played for West Virginia. Who is Sill? Uh, Sill. Yeah, yeah, Sill. Like he kind of reminds me of him too. Like they're not guys, but then I say that, and he ran away from the OU secondary yesterday. And I I don't know. It's it's a weird deal. But I I mean, you can you can still be an all Big Twelve level receiver without necessarily that elite level speed. But you just have to be really good at everything else. Like you have to be. A great thing, you have to be able to use your body, all that stuff. One thing he's been he's done, I think, the last three weeks is just kind of make these routine plays, but they're they're really big on just these like seven or eight yard little hitches, and he catches it and he falls forward and he's catching the ball every time. And they're for first downs, and they're oftentimes sometimes on third down. He had some in against Iowa State. You know, it's two yeah. degrees. Uh, those are the ones that's like okay, if we can get that down, we're going to be in good shape with him. Because yeah. like you just you need that. Yes, we, we didn't have. We can't find it. We couldn't find it for a lot of this year. You need loud routine catches is yeah. what you need, and you just haven't really had those. And I think the, I think the other big big thing too is like everybody thought you know Miles Price is going to be your dude this year, and he's banged up for what at the ended up being 65 percent of the year, and even the he probably still isn't. Maybe this last week, and maybe against Iowa State, but. He really hasn't been back to full health, you know. So I mean, you just your 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 leading receiver at this point doesn't have seven hundred yards, you know, at this point in the season, which I can't remember the last time that you, that was the case for for tech tech offense. Yeah, I the receiver rotation on Saturday was just weird because you talk about like loud routine catches. Loic had four of those, but played what like fifteen snaps? Fifteen snaps, sixteen, I think. Yeah. I'm, like he had, he had a two fourth down conversions. He had a third down conversion. Like, but he, like, I don't know. It's, I don't really get what was happening. I will say, he missed a couple of blocks, like on those screens that were also very loud. <laughs> so maybe, and I know Will, I remember you saying this. Like, if you're going to play for Emmett Jones, you're you better block, or you will not be playing. Um, maybe yeah, yeah, no doubt. Okay, <laughs> your eyes made it look like, oh, yeah, I didn't say that. No, 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 I definitely <laughs> said that. You're going to have to be physical and you're going to have to block if you're going to play receiver yeah. for him. There's a couple times he kind of looked like he didn't even know where to block, which is probably why he only played 15 snaps. Um, but I, I think there's a point in this question. He asked, did he need a healthy shut? I don't think he needed a healthy shut because we saw him starting to get a, a good rapport with Barron, and then Barron gets hurt. He just needed – one quarterback for an consistent quarterback the same guy probably is probably a good excuse for all the receivers like I think that's been an and I I honestly haven't really thought about it I think that is a bigger deal than we've made it the quarterback carousel how it impacts those receivers um but that could be one thing and then he mentions the O-line which I do think the O-line needs to be discussed pretty much because they haven't had to be discussed the past three weeks, really, because they've they've gotten better. They've played well. Um, I can remember that OU sent like a couple of all out blitzes, but it's like you know when they say when it's seven on five, what do you expect? Um, 
But, you know, considering the conditions, names, the stakes, this Saturday, the way they beat up Kansas, I mean, I don't know. I know there was a lot of people saying, should we make a change at a line coach? What do we need to do with this group? You kind of like with everything else, you kind of like how they rounded out the season. Kind of turned the corner, it felt like. Um, you're still giving up some pressures, but it was I, – I thought it was night and day. Really, once you get past that TCU week, it was like – there just kind of seemed like they turned a big corner. Yeah. Um, now, maybe some of that still is, is, you, is that Kelly kept getting better at play calling, protecting those guys. And I do think the way that Shuck runs helps protect you a little bit too. He's really good at moving around the pocket to kind of yes. feel out his pressure. I think that helps too. And he will get rid of the ball. Um but I, I thought they definitely got better as the year went on. So, I mean, I'm, honestly, you know, I, I think, you know, I think, I think Coach Amby deserves a lot of kudos for the last couple of weeks yes. for how much better they got. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I never, the, the talk of replacing him, I never got it just because I think at some level you have to look at like, what am I working with? What is this guy working mm-hmm. with here? Um, Hunter, what was that stat you had? I don't know if you remember it off the top of your head about Rogers. The last three games he allowed, like, two. Yeah, I mean, this is, uh, according to Pro Football Focus, two quarterback pressures in the last three games combined. When And in the, the first eight games, he was allowing over five per game. Wow. You know, he, allowed, he allowed 11 against U of H. That's wild. And he allows two in these last two games combined. And um, one of them was Will McDonald just made a pretty good – just had a good pass rush move. I mean, that, yeah. that's going to happen. That happens. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that, that was one that was one of them. I just went – I just, like, forgot about him. These Like, the last, last month of the season. Yeah. yeah I exactly. really honestly yeah. forgot that we – that Caleb Rogers was still playing football attack. Yep. I don't and remember that, one yeah. holding penalty against him. Nope. I don't remember a single false start. Oh, there were some false I do. Starts. There were occasional times, like, in a run play that got blown up where I would, like, kind of want to blame him. <laughs> but, but I really – for the most part, I forgot he was playing football. Yeah. Whereas – there was like a, a two month period where I wasn't even watching the play. I was just watching him. Watching like him. If he, held, yeah. if he held up, I'd be like, okay, something might happen. You know, yeah. but, but like, I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry, he, he didn't. But I mean, yeah, yeah he, he really started playing much, much better. Yep. Yeah. Um, let's see. Real quick. Oh, yeah. Speak, speaking of, you're talking about like three rushers coming off the edge. Uh, Donovan Smith absolutely pants one of their defenders coming off that the move. edge on that on that touchdown that move where did that come incredible. from that move is yeah. absolutely like it was so it was such a good move the db did not turn around and chase he just like went into a, a crouch position on the field <laughs> and gave up like he sent him into the shadow realm like it was not it was he was no longer a football player he just <laughs> He passed Donovan Smith and shut down. It was incredible, and it wasn't. It was. It was like he did it with his eyes. He barely even moved. I don't. I don't understand how he did it. He shook the. He like shook the ball left and right, and like his shoulders. And then the guy just was like, "Oh, uh, okay." Just, just shut down. His controller died. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> uh, I. I've, okay. I sent this text, and I'm serious. Have we created a position group or a position for Donovan? Did Kitley create, or did, or is Taysom Hill already created it? But like, 
This guy who he threw some great blocks on run plays. He caught a touchdown pass. He ran a touchdown pass. He's thrown a touchdown pass. Like, could this be a thing? Because I rewatched it today and I I rewatched all of those Donovan snaps. We were doing like cool stuff and it really messed with the OU defense. It's, I don't know. I, I guess this depends on and that, the, all the questions we got about whether he would stay or not. But and I know it's effective. Time. It would it's it would hundred percent would be effective. I don't think he would stay for that role. But it it was okay. it is an effective. What we're doing with him is effective. Yes, because Just here's like utility next to his name. We we yes yeah we have this podcast. There's people on this podcast who have mocked the multiple quarterback. Um, formation, and I, I feel like if I had to apologize to Shuck, then maybe this podcast should release some kind of statement about multiple quarterback formations aren't maybe the worst thing in the world. The the, the three quarterback formation is the one you're talking about. Now that one, I'm still I will block. This I mean, is we, different. We never got to see it. Uh, we did yeah. not. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, we'll save that one. Here's one. Here's a good one. What was different about the offense in this game that enabled us enabled us to get a burger, the notorious fifty burger that everyone was so up in arms about? One thing I will say is that for whatever reason, OU just decided to not to set the edge in the run game at all, and we took whatever we wanted all night off the edge. Um, I and honestly, with Sir Roderick, if he didn't get hurt, I think he probably runs for one hundred and fifty. Oh, in I was game. about to say. They may have had an edge there, but the, I've, I don't know if I've ever seen a running back break a set edge better than Sir Roderick does. It, it's it's, also he, he doesn't do it with speed. It's just like, I don't know how he does it. It's awesome. But that's like, that's his signature run to me is it's all clogged up. I'm breaking outside. I'm stiff arming that guy and I'm up the sidelines. Yeah, so, but I, I think it was that, and then I, th- I think you finally won, like we talked about, your O-line finally protected well, and your quarterback, that was the best play you've gotten out of quarterback in probably five seasons. Probably, that's 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 why you scored 50. That's probably the answer. Is you he had possessed. What? He was, he was possessed. I mean, he, yeah. he very clearly yeah. had, a, had a pretty big chip on his shoulder. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you, you've had halves from Barron. And here's the deal. If Barron doesn't get hurt first half at Oklahoma State, you get you probably get pretty close to 50. And, and that would have been a, a pretty good quarterback performance. So that's probably what it comes down to. Uh, these questions are from two Texans, by the way. Uh, what newbie stood out on D that has you excited for the bowl game and next year? Um, I think you have to start with Isaac Smith. Um, Isaac, right? Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Rodriguez. That was a Isaac Smith. Oh, you're saying you're saying Rodriguez is your Rodriguez should be number one, right? Oh, I I was I took this for this game only. Sorry, but yeah, if we're talking about yeah, Rodriguez is number one for sure. Yeah, and this I mean you kind of saw it all from I mean Wooten had a tackle for loss. Um, How did we decide we were saying Adidore's name? Is it Adidore? It's He says if you say like the wire, he says Adidore. Every time he says it, it's Joseph a Gatorade. Yeah. Okay. It's like Gatorade. Okay. Yeah. A Gatorade yeah. had a tackle for loss. Isaac Smith had a tackle for loss. Um, you're going to need those guys to be good, basically. And so if they are. Definitely um, a Gatorade. I, I would I would still count. I know he's not a newbie, but 
a guy with because the thing the reason that's a tough question is there just aren't guys on the defense with more than uh, you know two or more years of eligibility left that play. Yeah, there's just not many of. But uh, Pierre is one, and Pierre kind of was a Pierre. non-factor last year and came on big time the last half of this season, and he's he got, got benched this year. He's got two years of eligibility left after this year. I mean, he's that's a guy that that's exciting. And he looks different than he looked last year. Like physically, he looks more like mm-hmm. a guy who gets after the quarterback. Um, I hope. That, have we heard anything about his injury? I, I, I hope it's not. I, sure, I'll be back my, in the bowl game. In my assumption is he'll play in the bowl game. Okay. Um, I didn't, he didn't but, come back, which is what worried, what worried me. Yeah. Um, which, um, but I mean, I again, I, I would say probably Isaac Smith. Isaac too. I would put too. Like that was a. That was like a late flyer take by uh, Wells and Dib, and that was a really good late flyer take. It was it was like it was an, a like a track star in high school. Yeah, I was about to say it's a Blanchard like late take. Honestly, um, here's a relevant one. Um, should from Mister Root should Matt Campbell take the Cincy job if offered? I I think this may be a, a tougher decision than expected because I think I would. I think Cincinnati could be better than Iowa State. I think it's a better job. It's easier. It's, it's way easier to recruit to than Iowa State. You, you can get a lot of Midwest kids. Um, I don't. I don't know if he'll get offered that job or not. I mean, I know there's just there's kind of some rumors about it, but I mean, if I'm him, he, he kind of like built his like his boat to to like float away and escape Iowa State a couple of years ago, and then he just kind of decided yeah. not to take it. So I'm. I think the if he doesn't take a job this year, I kind of wonder if the ship kind of sailed on him taking some other job. He'd have to like rebuild that reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Yeah, I like this one from Tech Fan Fifty. How much do you love battery throwing accusations that always come out on the Monday after teams like OU, UT, TCU, and in the past A and M lose to us in Lubbock? I love it. I love every second of it. It's the same way I love the moment. You're in some kind of sports debate, and somebody brings up Lubbock. You won, because if we're gonna go and start ins- insulting towns, then argument over. You won. It's like that's the thing that drives me crazy. Is like what? How you can list on like one hand how many college towns are in, or how many colleges are in like destination cities. You know, like places you want. It's like Stanford, cool. Like Palo Alto is a cool place. Columbia, New York City, great. Everyone, everywhere else. Who cares? Um, but I, I love every second of that. I didn't even know. Did y'all hear accusations of poor fans? Uh, yes, it was. It's, it's some. It's uh, it's it's some dude who's a media member uh, uh, who was who who made up some definite BS story. There's no way it's a true story. I hope it was true. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm trying to. Okay, we got a couple minutes left. Let's do these. All these questions are for me and me alone from Jablidal. <laughs> uh, Jablidal asks, um, what is the difference between the no-middle defense we run and the pack-the-line defense Virginia runs? Um, I don't know, to be totally honest. They're um, almost kind of inverted. That's kind of what I was thinking, yeah. They're in, like, uh, inverted. Which, to so me, is... One is so, somewhat funneling middle towards a lot of helpers. Yeah, that are on the line. They're packing the line. You know, like what the nail is. 
Yeah. On a basketball floor. I do. Like yeah. we're the, and, uh, you know, we're doing the opposite. I'm a fan of the Mavericks. You only know what the nail is. I watched Dirk Nowitzki for 20 years. Is that all? I mean, I, no, I just – are we really doing basketball right now? <laughs> what? <laughs> yes, we're talking about basketball. You, you, you looked at me like I didn't know what the nail was. I was <laughs> saying that, like, not to you, but to our audience. Oh, okay. Sorry. Our 12 listeners. <laughs> my, my, my mistake. Sorry. Um, see, that we talked about the, the no middle a little before we hit record. It, that kind of defense, the one Virginia runs, almost makes more sense to me. But I don't know. The no middle defense has obviously been effective. Um, what uh, There's been some talk. Like about the like, I guess this is a question for y'all because I haven't really been locked in. Is the no middle defense being figured out, or do we not have the same athletes to run it? It's not. I would say both. I I don't know, Hunter. You may disagree. I would kind of say both, but I mean, everybody knows to beat you, you just need to start knocking down like corner threes. That's how. That's how you beat us. Backside corner three specifically. Skip passes. I don't think it's being figured out because it's always been easy to figure out. Like, you know, it's there's a plan. It's easy to know how to beat it. You just make a couple passes, get a scrambling, and shoot an open shot. But it's just easier said than done. Like, right. so it's there's always been like a way to beat it. Yeah, basketball is kind of a solved game, pretty much. Yeah, but um, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think it's getting any more figured out than it ever has been. Okay. Um, what is your preferred offense or basketball team run? I mean, the one that scores the most points. Yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting question because I, I I do think like um, we have I, – I think our best offense against good defenses has just been giving the ball to Harmon and letting him run a pick and roll with O'Banner or Bacho and yes. just like putting, putting shooters in the corner and doing that. But I, I do think that if you just like rely on that, this like this point in the season, it, it could cap – like your ceiling, uh, if as opposed to like running offense now and like kind of figuring out what we are, who we are as a team, um, and, and what other guys can do, what their capabilities are besides maybe just standing in the corner or you know and watching Harmon go to work or Pop because Pop can do it too. But um, so I, I do see that like kind of a give and take there of like winning these games, but also like getting better at offense at the same time. And um, so I, what I preferred offense is is whatever doing what we can now so we can like beat our best in March. And that may not be the best way to, you know, the easiest way to score right now, if that makes sense. But I don't know our basketball team, we're kind of in a weird spot. Um, You know, I just not, I'm not quite sure about them. You know, we, we really, this could be what I've seen is it's like, I mean, frankly, it's, it's, it's right. in kind of in line with that 2020 team as being one of the, maybe the worst teams since 2018. And that's just, it's early. It's super early. And it, things can change, but that's just kind of what we've put out there on, on tape so far. And um, we're just uh, – we don't have that many players. You know, we've we got like four guys right now that are meaningfully impacting the game. And yeah. one of them is Papa Isaacs. is a true freshman who's been playing like two months. Yeah. And uh, so it's just – I don't know. It's kind of scary, to be honest, but I think we'll get a lot better. We should. Yeah. I would like to see – I mean, and this just isn't college basketball, which is probably why I don't like it as much. But I'd like to see more like of the pace and space type stuff because I kind of felt like 
we recruited to that a little bit to, to get to shoot, to get better shooters. And it's just like, it hasn't worked really. Um, he asked about how the no middle defense should prevent threes. But I think you kind of answered that is like, it's still doing what it always has been doing. It just, we're worse at getting out to them, I guess would be the answer. We don't have the length for one that we usually do. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the NBA being more scripted than the, than the WWE? I feel great about it. Thanks for asking. Um, is Sir Roderick Thompson on the tech running back Mount Rushmore from Mr. Root? That's a tough, that's a tough mm. one. Man. I don't know. Probably, he's probably right on the outside of it. Because the guys, not. guys that are in it, probably not. I mean, you got to think, there's like, we're, we're so young. We, there's like Donnie Anderson. Right. Yeah, that's okay. And then there's like we we were such a power run scheme for so long, like Bam Morris, Byron Hanspar, James Gray, Sammy Morris, and then you get into little Ricky Williams, and then you got like Tarian Henderson who caught the most passes ever in the history of college football. And so it's kind of like I mean that's I don't know. I don't think he is. But he's if it was based on touchdown scored, I think he is. Yes. Yeah. And I mean in this decade of Tech football being hard to watch. He is absolutely a bright spot. Like I have thoroughly enjoyed watching him run the football every time. Just that's it. I we're not ever going to get to see it. Unfortunately, I would have loved to have just seen one year where we had an awesome offensive line and he just got to just go to work, just downhill, just shredding people. And we're we're never going to see that, unfortunately. But um, but yeah, he's a great player, man. Yes, great. I'm going to miss watching him. Here's a little finish up on this one, and then we'll save the rest for later next week. Orlando or Houston for a bowl game, and why? I'm going Orlando just because it's new. I think it'd be fun for the players, um, and that's really all that I care about. I think the matchup could be good, too. I'd rather Houston. Yeah, I'd rather play Houston for selfish reasons, but, I mean, you could get, like, you know, North Carolina or Florida State, which would be fun in Orlando. Any SEC team would be fun too, or funner. Yeah, beating an SEC team is like kind of a lot of fun. I mean, oh, it is. Anytime you have a chance to do that. Yeah, and the last get bowl game in Houston was kind of like the Pat Mahomes coming out party for the nation when it was like this tech team is awful. That dude can play. <laughs> he was running around on the LSU. Him and Jakeem. Yeah, him and Jakeem, and that was it. DeAndre Washington, your boy, that's it. Baby Tegner, but you walked into the spot. From here, he is part of